2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Hello and welcome to the morning sports briefing at 8am every single morning here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Hi, I'm Paul and I'll be your host today. And we have big news today and unfortunately some sad news as well. Sir Sterling Moss has passed away. Respectful journalist takes a pot shot at the NRL. More clubs return to training. Indian legend is unlikely to play in the T20 World Cup in Australia. And a surprise candidate has emerged for the World Rugby Chairman role. Yes, it is a packed morning with lots and lots of news to get through. So let's get straight away down to Steve in the Deep South for our football update.
3: Yes, good morning, Paul, and good morning to everyone tuning in around the globe as well. So today in the football world, a few big stories, uh, a big Sunday of action happening in Belarus, of course. That's always the key feature for us. Uh, We look at uh, one club trying to spend money while there's no money to spend. UEFA are plotting crowning champions yet again. But first, after news of the Bundesliga clubs returning to training last week, Real Sociedad have announced that they will be the first Spanish La Liga side to resume their training. The training sessions will be only in small groups of two to three players, with medical staff overseeing the events as well. Football is unlikely to return before the end of May, but after the number of deaths in Spain has dropped to just 19 on Saturday, it has led many to believe that the peak has passed in the country. Let's certainly hope that that is the case for those Spanish people. UEFA has been in discussion of a plan to complete the Champions League and Europa League during a three-week block during August. The plan assumes a lot is going to happen before that time, but it comes as the hope that the Premier League and other European leagues will be running by mid-June and completed within about six weeks. If that dream does come true, then it will leave a three-week window for UEFA to add the jewel to the crown of European football. Since it's football we've been talking about over the last few weeks, it only seems fair that we actually cover some clubs spending money they don't have on transfers. They probably won't be able to afford to make this season. But there's also a big talk about transfers this year, so we might as well have a look at some of the biggest EPL possible moves this season. Of course, it's all about Spurs forward Harry Kane. He's been the one in the media a lot recently, and he could make the potential move to Manchester United after Tottenham chairman Dan Levy, who's been in the news himself, uh, said he would approve the sale to the value of £200 million, which would be about £410 million New Zealand dollars. Now, he said that that will help the club's finances more than anything, but uh, that is a lot of coin for just one player. And it's definitely not because Harry Kane's been in the media over the last few weeks talking about making moves to a club that will actually win him some silverware. Could be a big window, though, for Ole Gunnar Skullshires United, who are also leaving the charge for players like James Rodriguez and the very highly sought-after Jaden Sancho. It would be amazing if any clubs make any money to spend on transfers when the world returns to normal, but we'll see what happens in the coming months. Now, finally, there was three Belarusian Premier League games overnight to keep your sporting fix nice and alive. It was the third-place Minsk who faced Bate, and they were in horrible form too, the uh, team of the away trip. They turned up, and they have thrashed Minx 3-0 in front of 474 fans. Two first-half goals led the way for the side, and they'll be very happy, I'd imagine, to pick up that victory after a poor start to their season. Smaller维奇 are uh, yet to win a match this season, and they took on Shakhtar, but neither side could break the deadlock in front of just 102 fans for this one. Ended it up as it begun at nil-nil. Finally, though, Ashwin's team. Yes, it's good you're back today, Ashwin, because O Press were in action, and they hosted slotch and it was a huge crowd of 100, no, 1,169 people. Uh, I wonder how many of those were counted as paper faces fans in the crowd or not, but alas, it is still a huge crowd, and after they went behind early as well, Diamond brisk fired back with three unanswered goals, and they raced straight out that table to third position. A great response from the team, and they look like they will be ones to beat this season. Tonight, there is just the one game to finish up the round in seventh place. Slavia will be hosting rural breasts who are down in 13th spot. And with that result, tomorrow we'll update you with the table and where everyone sits from the weekend's final standings. That is it from football from me. Enjoy your day, everyone, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Stephen,
0: from the Deep South. Uh, And a quick little uh, adverts break then. So far in our long, the long talk interview series, we've had a chat with Northland rugby CEO Cameron Bell um, and also Samoan international Dwayne Poliativo. Um, other names that are coming up also include Junior Fachilofa, um, Laura Collins from the, uh, uh, the Outrigger Canoeing uh, setup, and also Erone Clark as well. So don't forget to like the page or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of those wonderful interviews now let's head over to Ashwin for our cricket update and he needs to take himself
1: off mute you know, I have to take myself off mute now I can, now I can say good morning to everybody again <laughs> rookie mistakes from the guy that's had a few days off <laughs> look great great to come back to such good news with all those interviews and Dynamo Breast yay <laughs> but moving on to the yeah! cricket news <laughs> As I said, as, as mentioned in the headlines by Paul, Indian legend and uh, is unlikely to play in the T20 World Cup in Australia, according to Chris Freekanth. Now, MS Dhoni, who's been out of all cricket since the defeat at the hands of New Zealand in the semi final in July, uh, it, it won't have any warm up games to play if the IPL is cancelled due to COVID 19 so that would leave him with really no warm-ups and really difficult decisions for the indian cricket team to make uh, another news in New zimbabwe's brendan taylor ruse the impact of covid19 on his country the lack of games even though they're a full membership country over the last few years has a detrimental effect on zimbabwe cricket and ten, 2020 was going to be different it was a bumper season planned with games against sri lanka bangladesh as well as the powerhouses of australia and india and that all looks like it's going to be washed away but meanwhile bangladesh player momenol hark says he's happy he's it's a blessing in disguise as he was looking to play australia which um, a series against australia which has now been postponed the reason why it's a blessing in disguise is shaqib al-hassan who is currently seeing out a one-year ban Will be back he's seeing out a one-year ban for not notifying of approaches of corruption so as mentioned that ban will be over by the time that um series that's being postponed is being rescheduled and finally nathan lyon and hampshire in the um england county county championship have mutually agreed to cancel the australian spinners contract uh the delayed start to the season being a factor there if the season gets away underway at all so that's our cricket news for today paul and um we'll see you back again tomorrow
0: thank you very much ashwin and uh, let's hand you over to steve from the far north who will take us through our birthdays today oh, yes good morning everybody and uh, today
4: in birthdays we've got a musician turned rugby player we have one of new zealand's quickest fast bowlers and we have a former All-Black midfielder who was a hard man in his time. Joe Stanley is a former rugby union player. Stanley played for Auckland in the NPC between 1984 and 1991 and the All-Blacks. Between 1986 and 1991, Stanley, who played centre, was known for his direct running, punishing defence and his ability to set up his outsides. Born this day, the 13th of April, 1957 in Auckland, he is 63 years old today adam mill is a professional cricketer who plays limited over cricket for new zealand national cricket team the black caps the right arm fast bowler made his t20 debut against pakistan in december 2010 and his ODI debut against sri lanka in november 2012. mill throughout his career has consistently been clocked between 140 and 150k his quickest delivery recorded at 153 kilometer puts him in the fastest six quick bowlers in the world adam fraser mill born this day the 13th of april 1992 in a palmerston north he is 28 years old today and finally to Juani martinga who is a professional new zealand rugby player the multi-talented martina was originally part of the new zealand rock band 660 playing as a bass guitarist but decided to pursue his rugby career martina who can play six eight Six and eight all lock has played provincial rugby and Super Rugby level and has resemb- represented both the New Zealand Under 19s and New Zealand Māori. Juan Martín born this day, the 13th of April, 1987,
0: in Christchurch. He is 33 years old today. Wow! Imagine that fame and fortune he missed out on uh, with the uh, 660. But never mind to that. Another quick commercial break to let you know that this. Thursday evening at 7pm, we will have Willie Jackson and Mark Watson um, live on the, radio, on, on the station. So do tune in. Uh, Willie um, obviously put together his best ever All Blacks team of all time that has a few controversial selections. And uh, we know, obviously, Marks uh, has some opinions on New Zealand rugby as well. So that is going to be an absolute one not to miss this Thursday, 7pm New Zealand time. Moving on to rugby news, um, over t- starting off in Australia, the Waratahs head coach, Rob Penny, has been stood down without pay, but his assistants haven't. Um, to quote the, uh, um, the Waratahs, we've made the decision to go with our two assistant coaches during this period of time, and Rob Penny is on stand down. That is not to do with performance. It's just a combination of factors from our perspective. We are looking at improving individual skills at a forwards and backs level. It's not as if he's gone into isolation. He's still engaged, but on stand down. Um, There are a whole host of people we'd love to keep on the books, but it's just not possible at the moment. And to be fair, to Waratahs, they have about 70% of their staff have been stood down um, or on reduced pay. A bit of a surprise there, really, that 30% of their staff are still on full pay, um, to be honest, but you'd expect those to be the lower earners who can uh, take the impact the least. So um, Rob Penny, who's back in New Zealand at this time, uh, has stood down without pay. Moving on to world rugby, and um, Agustin Pichot, the current, well, who recently resigned as the vice chairman of world rugby, is going to stand against um, Bill Beaumont um, for the chairmanship. Uh, it's very rare that we actually have a competition for this. Normally, uh, the, uh, the well, the candidate is uh, elected unopposed, and Bill Beaumont had been expecting to stand unopposed. Pichot has unveiled a six-part plan. Um, to revive world rugby. Um, First of that is addressing the COVID-19 as part of a wider alignment of the global playing calendar. Yes, uh, and and that's not just the men's 15s, but also the women's 15s and also the men's and women's sevens as well. And that League of Nations or the Nations Cup that had been uh, suggested is back on the cards or at least a version of it. He wants a democratic governance structure. Um, at the moment, there is a weight-weight um, governance uh, or, or voting system where teams that are in the uh, Tier 1 nations end up getting three votes essentially and those further down only get one. So he would like to see that removed and have an equal voting share per, um, per person or per party. He's also looking at growing the grassroots and youth game um, including emerging nations such as Brazil and Tunisia. Uh, he also wants a dedicated World Rugby Innovation Department to look at projects such as Hawkeye and also a flagship rugby computer game. Many people say that we've not had a decent rugby game since uh, Lomu's game way back when. Um, mandatory athletes commissions will also be put into uh, um, in it to be part of the dis- uh, discussion groups um, and also look at its being um, world rugby being fit for purpose, reviewing all internal structures to restore trust in the governing body. The vote will take place on the 10th of May. Um, last time this vote took place was 2016, where Beaumont and Pichot uh, stood unopposed. So that is the um, the side of it. Uh, and we will be discussing all those points on Hash Rugby Chat, uh, the rugby ch- um, chat show on our sister channel, Driving Mall. On Tuesday evening, so uh, do uh, tune in for that one, and we'll go through those ideas in detail. Um, we'll definitely have to get Steve from the Deep South on, and his and his e-gaming rugby knowledge is. Has there actually been, just quickly, Rich Stephen? Has there been a decent game since Chuan-Lomu? um Is is Picho uh, tackling the, the important issues there?
3: For sure, definitely. Um, there has been a few rugby games, but none have really reached the high levels that you would probably expect from a fairly global sport. I mean, back in those days um, with Rugby 08, Rugby 06, back in those sort of times, post-Journal Army Rugby, they were decent sort of games made by EA Sports, so a big publisher or a big developer. Uh, these days, it's often a lot of little developers don't have the same resources, don't have the same uh, money and that sort of thing to pour into it. So yeah, it's it's a struggled genre, that's definitely for sure, and it could do it for a definite boost to getting a big publisher like EA or 2K or something like that that make the big sport games like NBA, um, Madden's, those sort of things, back on board again. So it certainly could be a lot better, uh, and it has had a, a, a very dry spell, yeah, definitely.
0: And let's be honest, it's getting a lot of focus or esports getting a lot of focus at the moment with no grass sports going on. Thank you very much, for that, Stephen, from the Deep South. We'll hand you over back now to Stephen from the far north who will take us through our league update. Yes, good morning
4: again, everybody out there. Now, Andrew Webster, who's the chief sports writer at the Sydney Morning Herald, has basically come out and ripped into the NRL for claiming the organisation's primary concern during the COVID-19 epidemic has been the players' health and safety now let's put this in context a little bit because we as we can recall chairman peter valandes pretty much came out a couple of days ago and said it's in the best interest of our clubs our players our stakeholders and importantly our fans that the competition resumes as quickly and safely as possible he basically said we 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 have the right from the start and we have the say whatever we say today may need to change tomorrow we will be flexible and if the trend changes or if the government restrictions change, then so will we. The health and safety of our players and the general public remains absolute priority. We have to call the Valande's comments, comments rubbish, suggesting the NRL is primarily concerned about avoiding financial catastrophe. I think we can all agree with that. The respected journalist believes the organisation have put the players and the general public at risk by prematurely restarting the season i can cop when we're being that we're being told when we're putting health of the players in the wider community first i think that's rubbish personally if you need the money then come out and say it if things go as they are it looks like they'll have less than 20 million in the bank at the end of the year there's other people in the game who think the same but they're too scared to speak because if you do then you're anti-rugby league and a defeatist and uh, you're you're either that, or you're running a Channel Nine agenda, or whatever. I know Peter Valande talks about the infection rate being down 1.5%. That's because everybody's at home. It's because no one's going out and tackling each other in games of football every weekend. And this segues nicely into uh, our final story in and around uh, in and around. Um, mental health and uh, what have you, St. George Dragons Centre and Samoan International Tim Lawhai has admitted to himself to hospital after reports came to light on Sunday of an incident at his family home in Wollongong on Good Friday. Lawhai is seeking assessment and support for his mental health as a consequence of the incident. An ambulance was called to the home of the 28-year-old with the player leaving to acquire medical assistance. is believed to have been upset and became increasingly agitated by both television and newspaper reports of the Good Friday incident which triggered him to seek professional support. A spokesman for Laffayes representatives, Runaway Sports Management said, we can confirm Tim has taken himself to hospital on Sunday morning. Our main concern right now is for the safety of both Tim and his young family. We asked for privacy at this time. The story pretty much goes on Friday morning, Lawhai had been training with a neighbour in a local park while maintaining social distancing protocol. He returned to his home where he said to his wife that he would like to do weights in the gym house. His wife, Jackie, asked that he spend the rest of the day together as a family to which Lawhai was happy to oblige with. He took himself away from the rest of the family to cool off and for the first time since Christmas consumed alcohol. LaFi is then understood to have been irrational and then began to damage property at the family home. Bit of a sad story, I've got to say, guys. It's probably one of those things we, uh, you know, a lot of these guys in lockdown at the moment, and it's certainly something for the NRL to think about when they're going to put how many teams, guys? 15, 16 teams all in the run, run place, cooped up. It's, it, you know, it's not just about the footy, it's about mental health as well. Cheers, guys. That's it from me. And I'll be back tomorrow morning. Hey, let me know your thoughts too via Facebook. It'd
0: be great to hear it. Thank you very much, Stephen And one of the problems in both—I assume it's in in Australia as well—but one of the things we've seen in New Zealand is, has been the concerns around the level of domestic violence with people cooped up. Um, hopefully, that uh, places of refuge are available. So please do reach out if you are um, if you know someone who is potentially in danger. Um. Moving on then to general sports news, um, and uh, as we said at the top of the show, um, British motor racing legend Sir Sterling Moss has passed away at the age of 90 um, following a long illness. He was four times runner-up in the Formula One Drivers' Championship and was named BBC Sports Personality of the Year in 1961. Um, together with his fine F1 career, um, Moss was regarded as a bit of an all-rounder racking up a total of 212 victories in all competitions, including rallying uh, and other forms. So not just on the track, he was a good driver off the track too. Um, Amazing the number of races uh, that uh, people used to do back then, and the fact they used to get involved in different things and not be so specialized as they are nowadays, uh, perhaps some lessons for us to learn from as well. Also um, in Formula One news, uh, US-owned Haas has become the fifth Formula One team um, to put a uh, major part of their workforce um, on furlough due to the coronavirus. That's now um, the majority of the uh, teams based at the UK with McLaren, Williams, Racing Point and Renault have all done this in the past 10 days. It only leaves Mercedes and Red Bull, uh, who are two of the more uh, um, cashed up or financially secure teams um, that haven't taken this step yet with the, from the UK based teams. You've got to say, how quickly will they be able to ramp up and get back into racing with all these players? Uh, with, sorry, not all these players, with all these people uh, who have uh, basically out of work for now. Over in IndyCar, Kiwi Scott McLaughlin um, came second in the first oval race of the iRacing series. The um, this was after there was a mass pileup uh, during the rolling start that delayed the race. And uh, some of the racing car drivers uh, got a bit too chatty and had to be told off by the officials. Uh, And then tell them, look, their position in the race was not as important as the actual show itself. So some of them had to be reprimanded there. Frenchman and reigning Indy 500 winner um, Simon uh, Puno won the race. So congratulations to him. And a surprise in third place, coming out of retirement, Dale Earnhardt Jr. um, came the uh, the 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 new NASCAR Hall of Fame nominee. uh, Say came out of came out of uh, retirement. To race in this in this race a special invite, and i I say he came third, beating a uh, lot of the younger uh, younger um, racers uh, and showing them how it's done. Uh, he admitted afterwards that it wasn't he wasn't necessarily one of the fastest drivers on the track, but um, his ability to manage his fuel load uh, and his tactics were what helped him come third. So yes, the wily old man beating the uh, or the, the tortoise beating the hare there. Over in horse racing, the champion racehorse Might and Power has died at the age of 26 after a bout with um, Colic. He was twice named Australian Horse of the Year. He won Groupon Racers Claudefield Cup and uh, the Melbourne Cup in 1997 and followed that up the next year with five Groupon races, including the Cox Plate, um, to join Rising Fast as the only winner of all three of those races. So a true legendary horse there in Australian racing has passed away. A sad day for Australian race, uh, Horse Racing Um, As well. That is your news from the morning. Um, Just a reminder that on Wednesday evening at 8pm we will be having Do You Know Sports Quiz? That the sports, the only radio sports quiz in New Zealand. So do uh, dial in for that. And if you and a mate would like to be on the show, grab them, get in touch, uh, and become a team on the show. This goes live 8pm every Wednesday. Thank you to Steve from the Deep South, Steve from the Far North, Stephen from the Far North, and Ashwin for joining me this morning. Don't forget to join us at 8am every morning for the Morning Sports Briefing.